Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Freedom Centre Church in Preston. Yeah, I just want to extend a welcome to every single person, but especially to those who perhaps this is your first time at the Freedom Centre. We're a family, so if you decide to come here regularly, you become part of the family and uh, part of all that God is doing in and around the the Freedom Centre. And uh, this is home, uh, spiritual home. And uh, even though it's an industrial building, it's our spiritual home. And uh, I'm going to be talking about home a little bit, uh, just for a few moments, a few minutes this morning. Uh, But I just want to read one verse, and it should be on your screen. And uh, this is the verse, Psalm 48 and verse 14. Psalm 48, verse 14 says, For this is God, our God, forever and ever. He will be our guide, even to death, even unto death. And uh, that little verse has been churning away with me this week. And I want to just talk into that and through it uh, and about it. And I want to talk on the subject of <laughs> your, your journey home. When I was brought up in the west of uh, Scotland, I was brought up that you had two homes. Uh, from my mother and father from an early age taught me you had two homes. And uh, you have your physical home and you have your spiritual home. Physical home being where you live with your family. Spiritual home being where you worship with your uh, Christian family. Like such a building. And uh, my mother particularly taught me something very, very, very important. And it's good for us to remember this as parents. And it's also good for us to remember this as church members, church family, church leadership especially. And she would say, whatever you do... Wherever you've been, this is your home. (laughs) That had a dramatic effect. (laughs) Whatever you've done, wherever you've been, you come home. Okay? That ring a bell with you? Whatever you've done, wherever you've been, you make sure you come home. This is your home. And this is where you're welcomed, and this is where you're loved, and this is where you should be. And that's true for anything in life, uh, especially for parents, spiritual parents, physical parents. Make sure your children know where their home is, whatever they've done, wherever they've been, whatever they've been up to. And uh, so I want to talk about your journey home this morning, just for a short time. Uh, when you leave this building, most of us will make our journey home. Whether it takes us 10 minutes, whether it takes us half an hour, whether we go out for lunch and then eventually, eventually you go home. And the psalmist this morning is talking about that journey home. Wherever that is. For the psalmist, ultimately he's talking about heaven. And he's saying that God has prepared a place for us. And God has said he will guide us home. And if he has promised it, then we know, don't we, he keeps his promises. 
Some parents don't keep their promises, but he keeps his promise. He has said he'd go prepare a place for us. But it's not the destination I particularly want to talk about this morning. It's the journey. The journey of going home. That, the journey of life is never, ever smooth. It might have smooth times. It might have great times. It might have easy times. But the journey of life has valleys and it has mountains and it has valleys. And if you've lived any amount of time at all, you will know that in your life, there's good times, there's bad times, there's sad times. In fact, David, didn't he? He said in Psalm 23, Yea, though I walk through the deep, sunless valley of the shadow of death, I will fear or dread no evil, for you are with me. Your rod to protect me, your staff to guide me, they comfort me. David says there's some times in life where it gets a bit edgy, it gets difficult, it gets challenging. And if you're following Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus this morning, following Jesus on the mountaintop of life, when everything's going smooth, when everything's great, is relatively easy. Everybody loves you, things are going well, the sun is in the sky, beautiful flowers, everything's just going great. It's easy in one sense to follow Jesus in that sort of uh, time of life, that season of life. It's like a blessing here and a miracle there. Everything's just going with the flow. And Jesus himself knew the valleys and he knew the mountains. When he was feeding the thousands or healing the sick, that's like the mountaintop. Everything's going brilliant. But when the religious police came, and they wanted to throw him off the cliff edge. That wasn't so good, even for him. That's when things became interesting. So never trust anybody who says life is always going to be great. Never trust anybody who says you get involved in this and it's all going to be brilliant. Come marry me and we'll just have heaven. Life will be a honeymoon. Everything is never great. The engagement might be great. The honeymoon might be great. But after the honeymoon, life happens. Reality kicks in. You have the mountaintops where you're celebrating 40 years. But if I was to get them up this morning and say, tell me some of the valleys, tell me some of the difficulties, tell me some of the issues, they would be able to say, it's been brilliant, but it's been difficult. And that's life. Life has its twists and its turns and its ups and its down. And what do you do when life has turned the wrong way? What do you do when it seems downhill and it looks downhill into a valley all the way. What do you do when life's not working out as you thought it would work out? What do you do when the mountaintop is now a, a valley? The path to heaven looks like a path to hell. What do you do? What, who do you trust? Where do you go? There's a story about Martin Luther. Not Martin Luther King, but Martin Luther, the great reformist, who was going through a period of discouragement in his life. And depression and life was exceedingly hard and for long long days his face was just full of depression 
And his long face graced the table, and everyone around him at breakfast, lunch, and dinner was getting more and more depressed. And one day his wife came down to breakfast, and she was dressed totally in black. And he looked at her, and he asked her, who has died? She said, Martin, the way you've been behaving lately, I thought God had died. So I came prepared to attend his funeral. He thought, and he suddenly realized, this great reformer, and he resolved never again to let the worldly cares the resentment, the depression, the discouragement or frustration to defeat him. Life is out to defeat you. Life is out to keep you in the valley where it has perhaps taken you. But remember this verse, this God, the psalmist says, is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide until death. The world that we live in, as Susan was saying earlier, could make you feel down. We see horrific things happening just down the road. But I want you to remember something. If you have joined and if you have been birthed into the kingdom of God, you are not of this kingdom. You may, may be a United Kingdom citizen, but you're also a citizen of another kingdom. And that's the one that's going to count. Kingdom of heaven. We are the kingdom of God. UK may be going down spiritually, but one day we are going up. That's why we have to stand firm. In a 2014 survey in 65 nations, the UK was revealed as one of the, most, the world's most irreligious countries one of the least religious countries was the United Kingdom. The nation that you live in, the country that you live in, the county that you live in, the city that you live in has decided to put God over here and we'll go on with life over here. It's true to say that we live in a godless nation. We live in a nation that has forsaken its first love. So we are living in a kingdom of this world. The trick is, don't live as a citizen of that kingdom. We live in what people call postmodern, a postmodern Christian society. And I read a report that says Christians are falling away from church at the rate of 10,000 per week. Per week. So in the media and in the newspapers and in your conversations with people out there, God has no relevance, no relevance at all. So, for instance, did you know about three days after the tragedy in Manchester last Monday, Thursday was scheduled to be a day of prayer nationally for the police? Did anybody know that? Just as a matter of interest. One person. One person knew that Thursday was the national day of prayer for the police service. Boy, they needed it. But did we know that? 
No. Was it mentioned? No. No mention in the news, no mention in the papers, no politicians saying, we need to pray. Why? Because they're scared stiff of mentioning that word, prayer. That's why we have a, quite rightly, a minute silence. But we'll not have one minute of prayer. Why? Because we live in a godless nation. Because we have forsaken our first love. That's why Great Britain has become Britain. Because what made us great is no longer in working practice. Archbishop of Canterbury says, Our culture is becoming anti-Christian. Whether it is on matters of sexual morality or the care for people at the beginning or end of their life, that we are becoming anti-Christian. We've forgotten who our guide is. We've forgotten who our father is. The attendance in the Church of England, which is in decline, although churches like this are actually growing, but the attendance in the Church of England is one-third of what it used to be in the 1960s. One-third, 33%. So 67% have gone, mostly because people have died. Because people have made a choice. People have made a choice of philosophy. What's the philosophy? Pleasure, happiness, entertainment, comfort. We prefer the frivolous to the serious. We prefer partying to work. We prefer being ambiguous to having people tell us what clarity is. And in Judges 21 it says, Israel had no king, so every man did what was right in his own eyes. As a nation, you've got to remember this, we have forsaken the king of kings. We have no king. Might have a prime minister, might have a queen, but we have no spiritual king. So we're all doing what's right in our own eyes. And it costs to stand up for Jesus. It costs. It will cost you. General Dwight D. Eisenhower said, there are no victories at bargain prices. There are no victories at bargain prices. And that's the world we live in. But, Christian, you're not of that world. So why live like it? Why let the world mold you into how they want to see things, how they want to do things? We are called to stand out. And the psalmist says, this God is our God forever and ever. And security comes. Everyone is looking for security. Security comes when God is in control, no matter what happens. Security comes, I'll say it again, when God is in control control. When we put him, as it were, in the cockpit of our lives. Stories told of a little girl whose father was an airline pilot. And as they were flying across the Atlantic, a storm came up. The little girl was asleep, but she opened her eyes, saw the lightning and the flashing around the plane. And she asked one question. She said, is daddy at the controls? Reply was, yes, your father is in the cockpit. Little girl smiled, closed her eyes, and went back to sleep. God is in control. If we put him in control, 
if we put them in the control of our lives, when we relinquish that cockpit and we say, Lord, you step into the cockpit, he will see us safely home. Might be mountains, might be valleys, but he will guide us each step of the way, right until death and beyond. You see, your relationship with your father that we were singing about before begins now. Our father who art in heaven. He's in heaven, but the kingdom can be enjoyed here. We bring the kingdom, even into this building, we brought the kingdom in here. And heaven can begin now when we put God in control. Heaven is not just for the future. Heaven is anywhere God's in charge. We think of heaven and it's wonderful. Why is it wonderful? God's in charge. He's in charge. So anywhere God is in charge is heaven. Put him in charge in your home. Put him in charge in your life. Whatever storms come, they might be blowing you all over the place. You might not understand the journey. You know, it might understand the mountains and the valleys. You might have all sorts of questions, fears, and worries. But when God is at the control of your life, even if it's bad, it's good. How can it be bad? You think, this guy's Scottish or he's Irish or something. Even when it's bad, it's good. Even when storms come, it's good. If people hate you, it's good. It's good even if it's bad. So I want to encourage somebody this morning. You've let God come out of the cockpit. You've asked him. You've removed him. You've put him to one side. I'm asking you, put him back in the cockpit. Put him back in charge. Or if you've never given Jesus charge of your life, let him take over. He'll do a better job than you're doing. I promise you. He will. I promise you he'll do a better job than you're doing. Why? Because he created you. He manufactured you. If you've got a problem with your car and it's a Vauxhall, where do you go? You go to the Vauxhall dealer. A Volvo, you go to the Volvo dealer. Unless you're very skilled as a, as a mechanic, you'll try and do it yourself. But even when you try and do it yourself, there's some jobs only the dealer can deal with. There's things in your life that are waiting to be dealt with, and God is itching to get his hands on, but he needs your permission. So we need to learn to discipline ourselves. There's two choices. There's the pain of discipline, or there's a the pain of regret. Pain of discipline, or the pain of regret. If we will discipline ourselves, we won't have the regret. If we won't discipline ourselves, one day we'll have the regret. We're only frustrated and fearful. We're only in difficulties because we've said to God, take some time out. We're in charge. I can do a better job of this. And just because there's a storm in your life doesn't mean that God isn't in control. The little girl's father was at the cockpit, but there was still lightning. There was still thunder. There were still storms. There were still winds. But she knew Daddy was in charge. Christian, Daddy's in charge. Daddy is 
in charge. If you've given him control, he's got everything under control. Because if you have a guide and you go on holiday and you say, take me a tour, they know where they're going, whatever the weather's like. However difficult it is, they know where they are going. Because the guide has experience of all sorts of conditions. He's been that route many times. And sometimes the guide will say, no, we'll go down this path. And if you're wise, you'll follow that path. If you're not wise, you won't follow it. So ask yourself in your life, in your family, in your relationships, in your jobs, in your career, is daddy in the cockpit? Or are you just going to try and fly this sucker yourself? You think, I'll just do this myself. I can fly this plane. Just imagine you're going on a plane tomorrow and, <laughs> and some wise person says, you can, you can, airline pilot, please take a seat in business class. I'm going to have a go at this. I'll be off the plane. <laughs> we would be out of there, wouldn't we? We think, oh, hang on, I'm out of there. Because we want somebody who knows what they're doing. But we're doing the equivalent of that, not in a plane, but with our lives. We're saying, I can do this. But what have we ever created, apart from a mess? God created, excuse me, created us. And if we trust him, the destination is never in doubt. And we will reach there on time, safely. No weapons formed against you will prosper. If we will just trust and obey. If we don't, the journey just became a lot harder. Impossible. The challenge is going to be too much for me and it's going to be too much for you. You don't know what's down the road. You may think, well, life's okay at the moment. Life's fine. But what's it going to be like in a week, a month, a year? We are not built to withstand what the enemy will throw against us. You are not built to withstand what the enemy of your soul, it will come against you. Because there's a God in heaven, but there's also an enemy in hell. There's somebody who's for you, and there's somebody who's against you. And sometimes we think God is against us, and Satan is for us. You're being lied to. He's the father of lies. So he's lying. He does what he does. He lies. And so you think God's against you, and the enemy's for you. And he will tempt you down a certain path. God says, if you let me be your guide... I will guide you and show you the path that you should be on. You're not meant to be in the cockpit. You're meant to let him fly you home. Heaven is your real home. Heaven's the place God says, make sure you come back to. Make sure you come home. God says, I knew you before you were born. I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. That means... He had a relationship with you before you were born. Now he's saying, come home. Make sure you come home. No matter what you've done, no matter what you've said, there's a home here for you. Make sure heaven is your real home. The home you have just now 
whether it's a nice home, small home, large home, tidy home, untidy home, that is temporary. Temporary. There's a permanent home being built for you right now. I go and prepare a place for you. There's a man called Bill Bright who was the founder of an organization called Campus Crusade for Christ years ago. He was diagnosed with terminal disease, pulmonary, pulmonary fibrosis. Probably not said that right. Eventually, he required prolonged best rest, best bed rest. He used that time when he was in his bed, couldn't leave home, to write a book. And the book was The Journey Home. We are all on a journey home. And in his book, he quotes Charles Haddon Spurgeon. And he said, may we live here like strangers and make the world not a house, but an inn, hotel, in which we sup and lodge, expecting to be on our journey tomorrow. I don't know when your tomorrow is. I don't know when my tomorrow is. But one day, our temporary home will be gone. And we'll go towards what we have decided while we've been in our temporary home, we'll go towards our permanent home. So, Bill Bright, struck by Spurgeon's perspective concerning his own prognosis, said this, Knowing that heaven is our real home makes it easier to pass through the tough times here on earth. He's lying, dying in his bed. He said, I've taken comfort often in the knowledge that the perils of a journey on earth will be nothing compared to the glories of heaven. You understand? Everything around you may be secure. Nice job. Nice family. Nice home. They are all temporary. All temporary. As we seek the path, God says, let me join you on the journey as you come home. Let's just pray. For more information about our church or to access more of our resources, please visit thefreedomcenter.com.